Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. Well, uh, welcome to PICGO Happenings today. Uh, you know, today we have an extremely special guest, uh, one that I'm honestly surprised has time for us. By this point, I would assume, you know, most of you've probably seen some of the, t the pictures taken by the James Webb Telescope. You know, those are some incredible, never before seen scenes from space. But you might not know that the program director since 2018, his name's Gregory Robinson, is actually from right here in Pennsylvania County and graduated from Dan River High School. So Greg, thank you for, for taking the time to talk to us today about your, you know, your local connections and your involvement with this awesome project. Uh, good morning, Caleb, and, and to your listening audience. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, it's an honor uh, to be on your show, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. As we said, you know, you're fr here from from Pennsylvania County. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, your your local connections, your local history growing up here. And then, you know, do you do you come back here much? So I'm certainly born and raised uh, in Pennsylvania County, uh, as you know, right outside of Danville. I, I went to Southside Elementary School and on to Mount Hermon Elementary School, uh, Blair's Junior High and Dan River High School. Mm hmm. In this area in Northern Virginia, we have most of the middle schools. So I, when I say junior high, it sounds funny to me now. Let's see, I, I do uh, still have a lot of family back there. Uh, of course, with COVID, uh, uh, you know, we count all different with, with COVID, like prime numbers almost. Uh, so uh, prior to COVID, I, I make it back once or twice a year. Okay. So so relatively frequently then. Yep. And I think, you know, the, the question that jumps to my mind is how someone can go from you know, living in little old Pennsylvania County to, to heading up a, a big time program with NASA that's, you know, getting extreme national attention right now. You know, I often say, um, you know, Pennsylvania County and Danville, uh, they are everywhere. You pick the state uh, and I even say, oftentimes, even in cities, you have similar settings, if you could, if you could stretch your mind around that, uh, where, where the beginnings are quite humble. So in, in my case, I did go off to college on a football scholarship to Virginia Union. Mm -hmm. So that that helped put me on a path to college. Uh, already had the smarts and, and I figured I'd do well in school in the event I did get an opportunity to go to college. Mm -hmm. And I, I must say doing well in school is important. And if if you have the means or find the means, uh, going to college is, is critically important mm -hmm. uh, to to get out of certain environments if that's what you want. So I, I was always uh, prepared. I, I loved math. I loved science. I did uh, extremely well in school. And so when Coach Willard Bailey called me from Virginia Union, I was ready to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I often say, I wish every every kid in in America could go to college just for one semester. I think it would change their life because so many things open up to you that you haven't seen before. New people all kinds of people from all over the world, bright ideas, different ideas, uh, in addition to the classroom training. That first semester certainly changed the way I, I viewed the world. Mm -hmm. And did, did you go into college thinking that you were going to go into astronomy and studying space and things like that? So I'm, I'm an engineer, so I'm an electrical engineer. So we, we can do anything, as, <laughs> as we often say. I truly believe that, by the way. So at the, the space part is really the the product of the application of, of building systems. Okay. So mm -hmm. uh, we, we get it like in any business and any product, engineers get a requirement and we go off and make it happen. So in this case, uh, the way we do satellites for science, at least, 
So the scientists say we want to go to a certain place in space and study certain things. Then of course we we uh, slow down those requirements to something smaller, so something we can build. In this case, it just happened to be astrophysics astronomy system. But I've been involved in and developing satellites for Earth science, for heliophysics, studying the sun and planetary missions going to Mars and pretty much every type of science missions we have, I've been involved in mm-hmm. developing uh, some of those systems. Uh, so certainly not a scientist, but but I, I try to contribute to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've I've been reading through a lot of the articles that that have come out about this program and, and, and specifically your involvement recently. So, I mean, I'll, I'll just say generally that the theme was things were not going well when they brought you in as director in 2018. But tell me a little bit more about, you know, what what were some of those problems that they were facing? And then how did you, I guess, approach going about getting that project back on track, both in terms of timeline and budget? Developing these systems, what we call large flagship missions, they're incredibly, incredibly complex and hard to do. And we only build one of them. We have to find a way to build it and test it and test the heck out of it so it, it can survive launch and survive uh, its mission in space. Mm-hmm. And you still have to fly that system for many years to get to science. So it's a delicate balance of how well do you build it? How well do you test it? Now will it survive? And in this case, in the case of Webb, we had 10 new technologies, uh, the largest thing we've ever built, most complex we've ever built. Uh, so you're going to have challenges. Just the physics is going to challenge you. So putting that aside, and, and the team had done very well when I came on. One half of the telescope was done, what we call the telescope side, with the big mirror and the instruments. That was done. All the testing was completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spacecraft side that, that also has that, that large sun shield, uh, that was nearing completion and, and getting close to its test phase. Uh, so we, we some of the problems uh, were manifested in, uh, by human error. People just made mistakes, and that's that's normal and, and natural, as I say. Uh, if you work on something long enough, you're going to make a few mistakes, regardless of what business you're in. <laughs> right. This just happens to be very complex. So there were some human errors, and some of those things really bit us on these big missions. A small problem can lead to six, eight, ten-month schedule delay, which means you know hundreds of millions of dollars in this case. Uh, we also had uh, a few uh, failures, which we expect when we test things. Uh, that's why we test them, so we can ring out anything that any latent issues, so they won't right. happen on orbit. Uh, so a combination of those, and and then uh, just some schedule delays, just uh, you know better planning was necessary. So between those three, just physics beating you, human error, and a uh, need for for better planning, you know, those were the primary areas. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, was important initially was ensuring that we had uh, alignment uh, through the whole organization from the NASA administrator out to the White House at Office of Management and Budget to our congressional committees, all the way through the project team and our contractor workforce and our international partners, the European Space Agency and the Canadian Space Agency. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that anyone was doing anything wrong, but sometimes the team can go in the field and everyone runs the play a little bit differently, right? Right. And no one gets to the end zone. So uh, we just needed everyone to be aligned and, and it took a lot of work to get there. Uh, another area was uh, created a culture of transparency. It's important when you have stakeholders to let them know what's going on and for everyone in the system to, to know what's going on at the same level. Uh, that was critically important, especially when we slip schedule and ask for a lot more money. Congress and, and OMB don't just throw money around. So they had to have some confidence that we could actually get this thing done. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, creating the transparency, uh, regular tag ups with them is really important and, and better advanced planning, uh, planning beyond a month or two or three, uh, we needed to plan six, eight months out when we knew certain milestones need to be accomplished then. So it's a combination of things uh, that got us there. Mm -hmm. and, and you're talking about all those different entities involved. How many people were directly involved? I mean, obviously, you know, there's, there's the, you know, there's the White House, there's Congress, there's those that are sort of administering even the funds and things like that. But how many people were directly involved in this project, roughly? So this project uh, was in development just a little over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And we're talking a huge industrial base in the U.S. and, and uh, in Canada and Europe. Uh, and, and multiple space agencies. When I came on the program uh, four and a half years ago, uh, we were talking over 10,000. And now we, we're estimating the numbers as we go back and sharpen our pencils. Close to 20,000 people over 20 years wow. were involved in developing web. Pretty big number. Oh, now, not incredible. all of these people working on it at the same time. You know, you may do a contract for a part and you have, may have 10 people working at a mom and pop shop, plus many large corporations and, and again, mm -hmm. uh, space agencies. Right. No, that makes sense. And I know that the spacecraft launched with the telescope in December and, you know, those, those pictures were just coming back over the last few weeks, but can you, can you explain a little bit about, and I guess dumb it down for, for, you know, the, the non-scientific, the non-engineering side, but you know, how does, how does this telescope work and what's, what might be different about the James Webb telescope than, than the ones that have come before it? So the, the most famous one and best one before was Hubble. Mm -hmm. uh, and Hubble launched more than 30 years ago. It's still working. It's given us amazing information and, and images about our universe, primarily an optical telescope. Web is optical and, and infrared. And infrared allows you to look through smoke and clouds and dust and all the different things in space. You can't see through with the naked eye. Right. And in, even with certain optical devices, you can't see through them. Mm -hmm. With infrared, you can. If you imagine uh, like night vision goggles, where you're actually looking at heat, heat uh, signatures. Uh, so web allows us to look through all of that so we can see very clear in, in places that have a lot of clouds and dust and things. And so we, we can look at uh, the same area of space uh, that Hubble is looking at or looked at, and we'll, we'll get the same image and one is extremely clear that's web, and the other one is, is less so. Mm -hmm. Now, in Hubble's defense, at the time, that was state of the art, so, so it looked mighty nice. But we, we can look a, a lot deeper, a lot clearer. Certainly, uh, and that's because of the infrared uh, technology. And we have instrument, uh, science instruments on there that can process the environment of exoplanets. So we, we can look at exoplanets and, and other galaxies, determine with, with pretty good certainty uh, potential habitability. And you probably saw one of the first images uh, showing water vapor. Mm -hmm. uh, so we can we can look pretty close into these. We've never been able to do that before. Of course, we were able to find exoplanets with missions before, like Kepler and TESS, and they found thousands. But but now we can actually look into those uh, to those planets. So it's pretty right. cool. And I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, those being able to look deeper into those exoplanets. What are some of the other significant things that have been observed so far with with the James Webb telescope? So it's still early. Uh, what you saw on the 12th of July uh, were, were the first science images. And, and one of those was uh, the deep field, uh, looking back into the universe. And over time, we will actually look back uh, in that region of 100, 200, 300 million years after the Big Bang. Uh, so we'll be able to look back pretty far and see 
early formation of, of galaxies in our universe. And that's what we call the toddler years. So we're looking at the, the adult years today. Uh, so we look back in the universe when it was a toddler. Which uh, that's well, I was going to say, can you explain what that means to look backwards in time? Because I've, I've, to me, that does that sounds like science fiction. <laughs> well, it is at a certain a certain level, but it's it's real. So the the you know light travels at a certain speed. Uh, you know, for layman, at one hundred eighty six thousand miles per second. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty fast. So the next time you rev up your car and say, I'm going to do zero to 60 in a certain amount of time, uh, just think 186,000 miles per second. That's how fast light travels. And right. I think I, I, I talk about growing up as a kid and shining the flashlight up at night and say, I wonder how far did that light go and how long did it take? You know, did it pass the moon? Did it get to, to Mars? And of course, I had no answers back then. <laughs> so, so light so we, we're actually seeing stars and galaxies that actually started many hundreds of millions or in some cases a few billion years ago, and that light is just reaching us mm-hmm. or reaching the, where the telescope can see. Uh, so we, we're looking at something that happened a long time ago, just reaching us. So when I, flat, when I shine that flashlight, I'm doing it right now, and somewhere in the heavens, uh, that light is reaching somewhere else today because mm-hmm. it kept traveling. Now, of course, when I turn off the flashlight, it actually stopped. But, uh, but generally, it would it would keep traveling. So it, it's kind of that concept. Mm-hmm. So there, are, you know, those things around us that are like things in our solar system, then we would be seeing those more present. But things that are the further away, the farther in the past that we would see them by the time that light gets here. That's the general idea. Yeah, the the action occurred in the past. Yes, mm-hmm. we've seen it. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, that's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, it is. And and you think about. Uh, you think about uh, the Mars missions, the Curiosity Mars mission, the one before Perseverance, the current one, both are still working. Uh, we, we, we talked about seven minutes of terror, right? So when we send a mission to Mars and we have to do interdescent landing, we have to get out of the, the uh, orbit and get on the surface. When we send that signal to the satellite and say, okay, now it's time to do that activity to, to get on the surface, it takes seven minutes for that signal to to get to us. Mm-hmm. So by the time it lands on Mars, and we know that it landed, it's seven minutes later. So the activity happened, we knew about it seven minutes later right? because of the transmission of, of the, uh, the communication signal. So if you just think, it's not exactly the same, but if you think about it that way, something already happened, and now I get notification today. Mm-hmm. Something happened in the past, now I see it today. Right. And can you explain just just real quick a little bit about the so the images that are being generated? How, I mean, I know that's not there. There's some editing. There's some uh, interpretation involved with that. So can you tell me a little bit about that process as well? So the the uh, data comes in. So the 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 mirror actually collects the the light, sends it to the secondary mirror, and then that sends it to the science instruments on board. Those science instruments actually process what they saw, what they collected from the mirror into an image. Uh, and in some cases, it's spectroscopy data, not always an image. And then, of course, that's transmitted uh, to the ground. Mm-hmm. So the scientists, they know exactly what they're looking at, and they process it in a way that you can really appreciate it, you know, for even for scientists, really, but even for laymen like us. Uh, so they, they uh, when that data comes in and the images come in, they're, they're not color. They're actually black and white. And they, there are certain color patterns you add to heat or to light or 
other types of things. So blue may mean something, green means something, and this is universal in the science community. Mm -hmm. So when they show an image, the signatures for, for, for our eyes have been added in so we can see what they're seeing in the black and white. Mm -hmm. That's a very layman's uh, explanation. Um, <laughs> the scientists do a much better job explaining that. Well, I think, we, yeah, we, we need the layman's explanation here. So, well, I mean, and you were talking in the beginning about, you know, the, the importance of even, you know, doing well in school and, and you know, investing your time and energy in school and, and taking the time to go to, to university. I mean, what other, what other messages would you share with Pittsylvania County residents, with the Pittsylvania County Danville community, whether they be, you know, those, those students who are still making their way through the school system right now or just, just the community at large? Well, uh, first, I, I say find something you think you might like. And depending on your age, that may change 50 times before you become an adult. But find something you think you, may, you might like and work hard at that. Again, that's going to change. And when you find something else you might like, work hard at that as well. And that's whether you're in school or outside of school. Also say, maximize your time dealing with other people. When you get in the real world, uh, most of the times you're working on teams, small teams, large teams, you're working mm -hmm. across the country, across the world, and people are different. Uh, people communicate different. You know, you, you learn leadership skills, when to lead, when to follow, and what the difference is. Uh, so make sure you spend some time dealing with people, whether it's on the sports team or just in the, in the school building or in, in the playground or in the community. Mm -hmm. That will go a long ways when you get into the to the work world. Absolutely. Well, no, I know you know we've we've seen incredible community um, support and, and interest in, in this project. Based, I mean, obviously it's a very cool project by itself to you know see see these images coming from areas of space we've never seen before. But also knowing that you know a local person from Pennsylvania County was so deeply involved in, in getting that to the finish line. So it's, it's really an honor to to get to talk to you, Greg. And just wanted to open up and see if there's anything you would want to add or anything else you think it's important that people know. Yeah. So uh, lastly, I will say, um, oh, certainly I was blessed with a lot of smarts, blessed with a good community and had opportunity through sports and things like that. And, uh, but it, it, uh, in addition, at the end of the day, um, I think I was, I was blessed overall in many turns. It's easy for things to go in a different direction at different points in your life. Uh, so I was, I was blessed with good decision-making and, and good support along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, try to make good decisions and also uh, maximize uh, the benefit of people around you supporting you. Well, absolutely. Well, Greg, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us about this project and, and, and to really just, you know, speak, speak some good advice over us. So we appreciate it. I appreciate it, Caleb. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434 489-8739.